0: Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast, where our goal is to equip listeners with the tools they'll need to not only enter the kingdom of heaven here and now, but remain in the kingdom that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. I'm your host, Harrison Watson, and in 2018, God called me out from the world for this purpose and many others. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Enter the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Watson. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Today's a pretty good one. I'm pretty excited to actually get into the topic. Um, What we're going to be talking about today is how to fight in the spirit. Um, Something that's kind of become apparent and, and, and something that we, as a people, tend to try to do is to see people, a person, as your adversary. But that isn't what Paul tells us. It's not what the Bible says. I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 6, the part about uh, the armor of God. And what Paul's trying to get us to do here is he's trying to get us to see the world in a different way. You know, there are challenges that we have that Satan is using to divide us. Even uh, we who call ourselves by the name of Jesus, Satan is using our own arrogance and need to be correct and all of those things to divide us against each other. And that is wrong, number one, but it's also looking at things incorrectly. And if you take a look at TV, Uh, Right now, something that's going on is there's something uh, as it relates to uh, Neil Young and um, Joe Rogan. uh, And people are frustrated at some things that the President of the United States is doing. um, And some people are frustrated with some Canadian truckers. And there's just a bunch of garbage, absolute garbage garbage that you see on the television, and all of it is put on a television in front of you for Satan to keep you ensnared in the things of this world, to look at these different situations and try to take a side. They're trying to get you to take a political side for two reasons. Number one, so that you remain entrapped in the affairs of this world, and by the way, if you have any doubt about how important they are, all I need you to do is just read the book of Revelation to realize that nothing made by man's hands will remain at the end of the age. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so for us to waste our time staying focused on things that have no eternal value, literally none, There is nothing that men have built of their own fruition that will remain. It will not remain. And that's how you you can know that there's nothing that men have done of their own fruition that honors God fully. If it honored God fully, why would he get rid of it? He wouldn't. He would keep it. But we know that none of these things that are being talked about have any bearing on the kingdom. And it's a total distraction. It literally, and I I mean this very literally, it is meant to ensnare your soul. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's meant to get you drawn into something to take your attention away from that which will save you. The word of God, the truth, walking in the truth. And so Paul is trying to get us, in Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10, he's trying to get us to see things in a different way, rather than looking at Joe Rogan, or Neil Young, or the president, or some other politician, or some other human. He's trying to get us to stop seeing them and personifying the enemy as somebody who is a child of God. We are the sons and daughters of men. We were made in God's image. Satan hates all of us, whether you believe he exists, or whether you believe God exists, or doesn't. It doesn't matter what you believe, it does matter. But in terms of this, what I mean is, whether you believe these things or not, it is true that Satan is out to keep you from eternal life. And what is eternal life? To know God. And so he uses distractions. There's one in your pocket, or maybe it's even sitting right next to where you're listening to this with the screen up, waiting for the next notification to come in. Whether it's a news article, a text message, a phone call. He, he's using all of these things even the systems of this world that have been created are used to keep you ensnared to keep you focused on something other than god that is his ultimate goal because if you can't spend your time focusing on god then you can't ever know him in the experientially way that he wants us to know him a deep relational knowing. You might know of him, but you can't know him in this way. And so what we see, when we see something that we don't like, that we know is counter to what the Bible says, we're not supposed to see that person as the enemy. Here's what Paul says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, the day that we are now in, and having done all, to stand what does he want you to stand on stand on the truth of god's word but there's something that i tried to emphasize as i was reading that for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood the arguments that you have in a day-to-day interaction with somebody else you're not arguing with that person you're arguing with the spirit behind that person Most of our arguments come back to our own either A, lack of understanding, B, ignorance, or C, pride. And actually there's a fourth one, fear. That's where most of our arguments come from. And so if we break those down, we can understand that there are spirits behind that. You know, there's a spirit of confusion that causes two people to not be able to see eye to eye on something. There's a spirit of pride that comes in where somebody says, I need to be right and you need to be wrong. There's a spirit of fear that comes in that gets us to take actions and say words that cause us to operate out of alignment with the truth of God's kingdom. Now, the biggest way that, that Satan does this The biggest way that Satan does this is he plants seeds in your mind and he tries to create strongholds inside of you. And a stronghold is anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It is an idea, a false idea that you have that you believe to be true and act upon it as if it is true but it is out of alignment with the word of God. And so today, what I want to do is talk to us about how to fight in the spirit. In order to fight in the spirit, we first must understand that the battlefield that we fight in the physical does not have, it doesn't start in the physical. It starts in the spiritual realm. When you see something coming against what the Word of God says, you know that there's a spirit behind that. It is your job, your job, as a believer in Christ, in that situation, to step back. The Bible tells us to be slow to anger. To take a step back when we're confronted with a situation in which there is potential for conflict we need to have our first step not be a step forward but a step back and to take our mind our will and our emotions and focus it inward on the holy spirit who will guide us and give us discernment about what's really taking place Sometimes it happens in the moment, if that's what's required. And sometimes it requires you biting your tongue and taking that instance back to God in alone time with, in prayer to ask Him how to overcome it. Sometimes there's some things that He needs to teach you about the spirit behind it in order to overcome it. Do not be afraid, and do not be mistaken. There is no name above the name of God. None. That means anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God must bow to the truth of God's word. But our job is even if we know the answer in that particular moment of our own fruition, because the Holy Spirit has shared it, unless the Spirit gives it to us to speak in that moment, bite your tongue. Take it back to God and ask him how he wants you to deal with the situation. He will give you this. And as you learn and as you keep, in tune with the Holy Spirit as you're walking in your everyday life, you will start to be able to see these things more and more. Not because of your own eyes. Of your own eyes, you have no ability to understand the spiritual. There's a reason God gave the Holy Spirit to you. It was so that you didn't have to just walk around as a zombie in the physical, not understanding what's really going on. He gave you the Holy Spirit to be your helper, to be your guide in this world, to overcome the things of this world. That has many deep meanings. It has many deep meanings. But today we're talking about it in terms of fighting spiritual war. How do we set ourselves up in order to be able to fight the good fight? The other day, we talked about aligning ourselves to enter the kingdom. And we talked about strongholds in that episode as well. But every day, we must start our day by preparing ourselves with putting on the whole armor of God. Putting on the helmet of salvation and grabbing our sword of the Spirit. Paul is talking about these things in Ephesians, and what he's talking about is immersing ourselves in the truth of God's word. Aligning our understanding and expectation, not based on what we see or what we think we know, but taking the perspective of the world and applying God's perspective to what we see. It's about taking the word of God, denying our own understanding of the world, And instead, allowing God's understanding of the world to be the way in which we walk through it. Again, it is about submitting our understanding, our perspectives, to the truth of God's understanding and perspective of what is going on in the world, what is going on in your day. It's about these things. It's about asking God to give us his eyes to see and his ears to hear and his mouth to speak and give us a heart that is shaped like his. Because you and I are unable to do it of our own fruition. We are unable to do that in our own strength. If you try to do this in your own strength, you may be able to do it for a time, but you will fall short. If that weren't the case, there would not have been a need for Jesus Christ to come because all of us could have just easily walked in the law, but we couldn't. What the law couldn't do itself, God came and did for us. Through the power of his Holy Spirit and that same Spirit resurrected Jesus from the dead, And that same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead, if you make Jesus Lord of your life and ask him to come into your life and to make his home with you and to give you of the Holy Spirit, he will give it to you. And you will have the same power within yourself if you submit to it to do what Jesus did. That is salvation. That is the saving grace of God. That he would take an imperfect vessel, which we are, cover it with the blood of Jesus, and allow himself to live amongst us. And so we have to understand that if we want to be the general on the battlefield, we will get hurt. But if we trust in God, and the Holy Spirit inside of us, and allow him to lead us in our every move in the midst of this battle, God will overcome through us. I've said this many times, but I'm going to say it again. Jesus Christ said that he never did anything that his father did not show him to do. And he never spoke a word that his father did not give him to say. If that is what was required in order for Jesus to fulfill the law. Because as he said himself, he did not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill. If that is the way, through submission of our entire lives, our every decision, our every move in every day, our every word. If that is the way, the truth and the life, and that was the way that Jesus lived and for it he was resurrected, we must do the same. We must do the same. We should not lean on our own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all of our heart. In other words, your thoughts need to bow to the truth of God's word. You need to literally be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that as you are walking, you are listening. Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? And all she had to do in her heart, she told herself if she could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment that she would be healed, and she felt inside of herself that she was healed. But what did Jesus feel? Jesus, walking in the midst of the crowd, walking in the midst of a crowd who was pressing up against him, was so in tune. His body, his mind, his will, his emotions, everything was so in tune with hearing the word of God that lived inside of him in the Holy Spirit that he felt the power go out of him. Now, many people touched him. Many people touched him. His own disciples said this. But he was so in tune with God's spirit that he recognized that something had happened. And he stopped in that moment to say, daughter, your faith has healed you. That's what we need to get to. We have to be so in tune with God's spirit If you want to fight, if you want a a hope in winning this battle, you must yada. You must become one. You must know God. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that the Spirit of God lives inside of you? Why then do you still continue to live as if it doesn't? There's another way to say this, and it's not the best way to say it, but it's a way that I think people understand who have played video games. You know how in video games there's these things called cheat codes that give you a, an advantage in a game to help you get past something that's really difficult? The Holy Spirit is our cheat code on life. If we will allow him to lead us, we will be led by still waters. We will be made to lie down in green pastures. And yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for God is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. If we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, We like to think of God as being a part of our lives. No. What is the first and greatest law? To love, that means to choose, to prefer, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. In other words, if you want to be double-minded, And if you want to try to go about it your own way by reading the Bible and trying to go about life by understanding it according to your own understanding and your own interpretation, rather than allowing God to guide you, if you want to be double-minded in that way, you will not enter. And you don't stand a prayer in in fighting, except by the grace of God who might save you to show you his mercy, in order to get you to repent and to see his power and to submit to it. God is that good that he will never give up on you. The question is, why do we choose to give up on him? Why do we choose to continue to choose our own ways? In small things. In small things. He who is faithful in a small thing will be faithful in something great. That has so many meanings, but but it means... If you will allow God to handle your small decisions, and if you will submit to God in your small decisions, then you will also submit to God in your big decisions. It's about walking the way. But it always starts with something small. And with God, something small is very big. David, very small compared to Goliath. His tools... Nothing compared to everything that Goliath was wearing. But because David had the spirit of God on him and had lived his life in agreement with and in relationship with God to such a degree, God trained him before that fight. There are some things that God wants to do with you now that are going to train you for a fight that you're not even aware is coming. Are you actually going to submit and start training? Or do you want that fight to come to you and you not be prepared? That's your choice. It's a daily choice. It's a moment-by-moment choice. For David, he was prepared at that time, so that he had the confidence. Though he was small and had nothing, he didn't want the armor of men. Saul tried to give him his armor. It didn't fit, so he didn't wear it. Instead, he took the sling that God had given him and what God had shown him, and he grabbed five stones. And how many stones did it take? One, to take out the giant. One stone, when the person throwing it is prepared by God, is enough to take out a giant. Do not lean on your own understanding. You will fight a giant in your life. Are you willing to prepare for it now? You have no clue what will happen five minutes from now. You have no clue what will happen 30 seconds from now. God does. He knows where you need to be. And so, therefore, we have to submit. You understand? How do we fight in the spirit? By first, setting ourselves up for success. And that success, this is step one, is to align our thoughts, our perspectives, and our minds every day. Get them re-in-tune with the power of God. In the morning, the first thing you do, don't do anything else. Make sure that you are getting yourself prepared with God. To align your mind to the truth of God's word. Step number two, ask God what you should do with your day and follow it. But follow it at every step. Let him tell you when the task is complete. Let him guide you in the midst of the task. Because only God can do things that are perfect. And that's why he's called you to be one with him. So that you too can perfect that which man cannot perfect on its own. Step three is when we get to the battle, when we see the battle in front of us, to not take a step towards without first taking a step back and asking God what He wants us to do to handle the situation. And following those instructions... If he gives you words to say, you speak them, and nothing else. If he tells you to bite your tongue in that moment, because there's more he needs to show you, bite your tongue. But make sure it's not you who's operating in the battle. Make sure it's God operating through you. Because it is only God who can change the hearts and minds of men. It is only God who can free us. It is the authority that God has given us to speak His words through the power of His Holy Spirit that can overcome evil. You have been given authority to speak God's words. You have been given authority to walk in His name. What does that mean? It means to walk in alignment with Him. He's given you that authority. And if you will walk in that authority, the full power and authority of god's name will be behind you but if we choose not to keep ourselves in alignment if we choose to take our own actions and if we choose to not follow what god is telling us in the midst of our day and follow his instructions my friends we will not be prepared for the battle and if we act on our own as you can read in the Bible, the Israelites, when they, found, when they found out that God was not going to let them in the promised land because they listened to the bad report, some of them went out to the battle on their own, knowing that they had done something wrong, and they were slaughtered. What they, when they were doing what was right, they were following God's glory. They were following God's glory, and they didn't move until the glory of God moved. And they moved according to the instructions that God had given them about how they should leave their camps, how they should set it up and how they should re-encamp when God's glory set over something else. We have to be the same way. What was in the Old Testament the Israelites in the wilderness that were being fed the manna by God and were being led by God and God's God's prophet. When they were walking in step with him, they were safe. When they went out on, the, on their own, or started to allow their own jealousy to get, get in the way, as it was with the sons of Korah, issues happened, and the enemy's trying to get us to do the same thing against each other. So, first we must recognize the battles inside of ourselves. When our own pride comes up, when we see something that is out of alignment, that's the battle to fight first. If we fight and win the battles within ourselves, God will be able to also use those battles after we've overcome them. He will be able to use us in a way where he can then use us in forward battle. But we must first fight our own. Then we are set up and trained and in a, in tune with God's spirit to be able to hear his voice in a way That when we reach Goliath, we will only need one stone. And then God will allow us and God will use the enemy's weapon against himself. That's the way it works. That's how we fight in the spirit. We can't rely on ourselves. There's a reason why it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Why why is that the first and greatest command? It's because without following that command, you can't hear his voice. You're not even enabled to love your neighbor as yourself. You can love them the best of your own abilities, but you can't love them the way that God wants them to be loved. That's why it's that important. That's why the relationship is that important. And that's how we fight in the Spirit. Not by our strength, but by his. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today on the Enter the Kingdom podcast. If today's message was an encouragement to you, please consider sharing it with someone whom you think it might encourage. Also, make sure to subscribe for free to our podcast and join us every Monday, God willing, as we continue on our journey together. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.